good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and wherever you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0, and we are your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Better late than never. NXT Talk this week. You know, sometimes some things happen, but we're here talking the rainbow brand on what was a pretty good show, all things considered. Although the bad things on NXT are still among the worst things in all of wrestling. <laughs> it's so true. You know what's hilarious? As, as I'm talking, first off, it's just muscle memory as I'm talking in, through the intro. And then as I'm talking, I'm trying to remember, was this a good show or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it was a pretty good show by NXT standards it's especially. But it was an inoffensive two hours of wrestling. But nothing really that's going to stick with you uh on on your deathbed or into next week yeah exactly like that's exactly like that's i couldn't set it better myself um but we did get ratings in so when we're done the wrap-up will quickly talk ratings just remember yesterday's show was on sci-fi not usa network up against the prime time hours of the olympics so you know the ratings really earn a good reflection of where nxt is uh but they're quite they're down quite a bit but we'll get to that a little after. Uh, before we get to all the biz naz, Matt, how's it going? Uh, pretty well. Pretty well, Boris. So I had a day off. And, uh, you know, not, not to peel the curtain back too much. But, yeah, we were going to record early and we did not. So I woke up at 7. I poured myself a coffee. Didn't end up working out that we would record. So I started playing Nintendo Switch. And I think I've been playing Skyrim for a solid nine hours, buddy. I put in, like, a like a solid, like, eight to four on Skyrim, like that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I did. I didn't intend to do this today. I just had nothing to do. Sat down, played some video games, and I'm just like, oh my god, I've wasted this entire day. Sometimes it's gotta happen, though. You know, sometimes you just gotta recoup and be a lump on your couch. But yeah, I'm Dude. ready to do something productive. Maybe go outside after this podcast. You know what it is. Yeah, like the, if the weather's how it was earlier, it's not too bad, actually, man. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Recording a little later, stuff came up literally in the 11th hour, and uh, yeah, you know, stuff happens. But it all worked out because you did get the midweek mark out this, this morning on the midweek, so that's always fun. But yeah, man, things are crazy right now. Honestly, things are so crazy. I'm actually, I'm going on my first work trip tomorrow. Oh, nice. Where at? Where to? Uh, the city of New York on the island of the Manhattan Oh, by God, crossing that border. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, like I was telling you, getting a uh, PCR test is half near impossible at this point. It's ridiculous booking one and then, you know, whatever. Um, but everything's good, so so that's uh, a positive that I got a negative. Yay to negative tests all the time. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, no, no, like I'm just exhausted. Uh, haven't slept. But and I and I was busy, right? Like I was doing stuff all day as well. I had my laptop with me, so I was kind of working. Um, and then at what time was it? Three o'clock. I had this huge client meeting. The last time we had, so this is a big company. They aren't the happiest, and they kind of want to see the future of the software, right? Um, so setting up a demo uh, a couple weeks ago, it was supposed to happen. They never sent the meeting invite. 
I and and the reason why I didn't send it is because they said they would. I'm like, okay, they got it. But then in the back of my mind, like I kind of remembered when the meeting was supposed to be. I look at my calendar and nothing's there. I'm like, oh shit. So emailed the guy, my contact there, and they're like, oh crap, we forgot. I'm like, shucks, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, right away, book for two weeks later, which is today. 3 p.m. rolls around. Myself and my colleague, we're there waiting on the WebEx because we use WebEx. Um, you know, five minutes pass. We're still in the waiting room. Six minutes pass. We're still in the waiting room. And I'm like, I'm giving it the old college 10, right? Within 10 <laughs> minutes, I'm getting the fuck out. But I sent them an email and they're like, oh, we had issues connecting from our uh, from our teleconference like in, in their boardroom. So I'm like... Ah, that's a shame. So, like, again, and they're like 100%, you know, mea culpa. None of this is on you guys. We'll reschedule. So, you know, let's see if third third tries, uh, you know, uh, the luck. <laughs> we get lucky. Nice. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. was kind of my day. And then I'm just like, okay, whatever. So I was hoping that we could record before this meeting. Um, but it all kind of just worked out. So I, I've actually caught up. On the book of Boba Fett, I caught up on some other TVs, my stories, um, and uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah. So that that's pretty bit pretty much been my day. But yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to getting out of the country. Um, you know, it's gonna be interesting coming back. Uh, just you know, after listening to some horror stories, including Agnes, uh, I'm I'm yeah. interested to see what happens when I get back. And right now. As we're recording, I'm touching my face because it is burning like a mofo. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> why? Are you, why? You just haven't shaved it? What do you mean your face no, is burning? No, it's, um, I was around a cat earlier this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have, you, you've seen, like, how I get, yeah. right, sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm fine. I can rub a cat's ass in my face. Not that I do that every day, but, you know, I could if I wanted to. Uh, but other times, I'm in the same room that a cat was, and... I'm just like eyes are bulged and like it's really bad. So I'm kind of in the in between that, but yeah, like I'm just so itchy right now. Um, man, I don't even know where I'm going with any of this. That that's well, exactly I, where we're at. Uh, well, first of all, I'm glad that you once again got uh, got to weasel out of your meeting, as it were. And secondly, that's not the first time on the podcast you've gone to the cat's ass thing there. So I just want that <laughs> to be said out loud. <laughs> I think we need to talk offline. No, I'm yeah, it's honestly the analogy. Brother. It's the analogy that I always use for some reason. I don't know why I'm a fan of using that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> Let's not unpack it, actually. Let's stop this conversation now. Uh, do you want to talk about some professional wrestling, not buddy? at all. Not at all. Um, yeah. No, I guess we might as well. But before we do that, we have one piece of business to get to, Matt, and that is our rating system to Jor, because as the Young Guns, we're done with star ratings. Every week, we like to change things up, and we like to you know, have a rating system that reflects something about that episode, Matt. 
what are you thinking or we're going to what are you thinking we should use this week is what i'm trying to say english boys get remember those esl lessons holy shit (laughs) (laughs) oh you're killing it buddy you're killing it well i think the big news today was dolph ziggler so we can go one of two ways with this boris we can go something like generic like show offs or zigzags or flim flams or something like that but i say we really celebrate what actually happened on this program and we go ask about getting screwed (laughs) yes screw jobs we could go santos screw jobs if you really want but i say we go terrible haircuts out of five because Dolph Ziggler looks like a homeless man. And also, <laughs> Boris, I know something about terrible haircuts. I look like Kenny Powers right now. So <laughs> I think I think both to celebrate Dolph and my own abomination of a mop, we go terrible haircuts out of five. As I'm, like, moving my bangs out of my eyes constantly right now as we record. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. What the hell is going on with NXT talk? <laughs> uh, again, I think we're killing it, buddy. I think we're on the track. Uh, well, it can't be worse than the NXT show sometimes. Anywho, so so yeah, let's go with that. All right, so the show starts off with a Mandy Rose promo, uh, promo video package where she hyped up her match against Kaylee Ray. Um, what did you think of this little opening here with Mandy Rose's promo? I actually liked it, little NXT cold open situation. I thought it was pretty well done. And, uh, yeah, they 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 got to do everything they can with Mandy Rose. She's Mandy Rose, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, she's not Io Shirai. She's not Becky Lynch. She's not Sasha Banks, Boris. We've said it over and over again. So I like when they do things like this to kind of elevate her, as it were, tell us, the viewer, that she is a main eventer. Yep, exactly. You know, she is better than Dana Brooke. Let's just, you know, we got to <laughs> hammer that one down. Anyways, yeah. so we go to the Performance Center. Uh, we see a close-up of the Dusty Cup. Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett are on commentary, as they always are. And again, dude, this team of Barrett and, and Joseph, just awesome. Just fantastic. They have really developed a nice chemistry. I, I do like it. And Wade Barrett is a heel, but he's not... He's not Michael Cole distracting. He's in the Jesse Ventura, the Bobby the Brain Heenan vein of commentator. Obviously not close to that level, but he's doing that thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the Creed brothers, the brothers Creed already in the ring. The Grizzling veterans get a TV entrance. Zach Gibson starts his old shtick, but the Creed brothers uh, kind of, uh, you know, want to get the match started right away. So first match of the night. Uh, Dusty Cup semifinals match the Creed brothers Julius and Brutus versus the grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson yes sir so I was actually a little disappointed because the grizzled young veterans haven't been doing that gimmick where they cut the promo on the way to the ring but I liked those promos I thought they were pretty good at them and this is the first one they've done in a while so it was like oh they're bringing it back and then Brutus and Julius jumped the gun and started beating the crap out of them in the ILA to start the match so uh, that was kind of disappointing, but this was a really good match. I think you got you got to say pretty safely the best match of Diamond Mind's career, like easily. Oh, by far, by far. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's by far, and like you know, I I haven't seen any of the work that they've ever done on Two Hundred Five Live, but I can almost guarantee that this is by far their <laughs> best match. Um, you know, and this match was really four guys who wanted a fight and they got a fight. Like they, they were just kicking and chopping and punching the crap out of each other this was you know this was a pretty basic match right the Creed brothers were playing the face part per se um I think it's almost safe to say that Diamond Mine is a face group now is that safe yeah. to say they are 100% baby face I think well 
they they could still like they're like mean enough that they can like go heal. They might work heal against MSK, but I maybe not even man in the uh, in the final of this thing. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, no, at this moment, especially in this match, they were hardcore baby faces. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? We've seen the Grizzling veterans kind of playing these uh, moronic uh, shysters, right, for lack of a better term. So it was kind of nice to kind of see them go go back to their roots yesterday. And, you know, if this match was simply to put the Creed brothers over, that's they accomplished that 100%. Not only with the win, but I meant like just making them look strong, making them look good, making them get the hot tags. Dude, the crowd was just so into this match. Yeah, absolutely. Couple highlights. I liked how they got the heat on Brutus. They did basically a slingshot, a double team slingshot onto the bottom of the ring, like onto the the metal underneath the apron of the ring. So I thought that was a pretty interesting spot. You don't see that every day. And uh, Julius Creed hit an amazing uh, Tower of Doom style move here. So what was happening basically was uh, the grizzled young veterans were setting up for almost a doomsday device and Brutus... Brutus Creed was kind of like in the corner and uh, one of the grizzled young veterans was setting up to take Brutus Creed onto his shoulders. And from that position, Julius runs up their backs a la Shelton Benjamin and comes off with a, with a belly, the belly, belly to belly suplex off the top rope. That was spectacular Boris. And the way they shot it where you can see the crowd rise up because that spot was so amazing. That was really good too. So that was maybe the highlight of the entire show right there in this first match. Yeah, dude, it was so well shot. It looked so freaking good. The crowd was going nuts. Again, having the crowd so close to the ring just makes it look like, you know, just just like intense, right? Um, and then right after that, uh, Brutus hit Gibson uh, with the basement lariat, got the pin, and the win in 12 minutes and one second. So the Creed brothers are moving to the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yeah, and I really like this match, man. Like I said, pretty easily the best match in the career of the Creed brothers, the Diamond Mine boys. And yeah, 12 minutes and 15 seconds from the time of the the jumped bell, 12 minutes and one second officially. Uh, yeah, nothing wrong with this, man. We're going to go three and a half terrible haircuts out of five. B, yep. 70 plus. Yeah, man, 100%. This match was great. Like, it served its purpose. A great way to start the show. Really hot way um, to start the show. And I like that they give, I liked that they gave this match the time, right? Like, you know, oftentimes we're just seeing matches because they're, they try to pack so many matches in one show. Um, you know, the, the, the matches are maybe five, six minutes, but them getting 12 minutes was just awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We are seeing the opener pretty much gets the most time to breathe on the NXT show because the the uh, the main event does get time, but they've crammed so much into this live show that the main event is always rushing, always in 2.0. Even yep. if it's a good match, it's rushing. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? So we see the highlights from Cora Jade versus Raquel Gonzalez. Funny. And we were talking about this last week. I just want to, you know, just, just uh, you know, wrap a bow around this and, and put it away. And that is that last week we were when we were talking about this match, we kept saying maybe it was Sportsnet, maybe it was Rogers, but there were some technical difficulties. It would constantly black out. The satellite would black out. Well, what ended up happening was Raquel Gonzalez was having some wardrobe issues. Yes, so it makes sense that they were blurring out the uh, the picture and kind of cutting away and blacking out the screen. And uh, yeah, so that takes care of that. Excellent yep. note. 
All right, so the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, and she proved it last night, Mackenzie Mitchell. Ah. She interviews my girl, Cora Jade, about setting up, uh, about being set up with Raquel Gonzalez for the Women's Dusty Cup and how they're going to start the women's tournament in not one but two weeks. Uh, Cora Jade said some stuff. Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon showed up to tell Jade that she shouldn't look past them. Raquel Gonzalez uh, walks up. Then they basically start shit talking each other in Spanish. And when let me tell you something, Matt. When two yes. Latinas start talking like this in Spanish, the man's intuition is to run the fuck away. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if the ratings dipped there, even if people were just so uncomfortable that they ran away from their TVs, literally. But that's funny, man. Um I was yeah, I was hoping you could do a little translation there because obviously you got more of this promo than I did, I feel like, buddy. No, no, it's funny because like I did intend to go back and 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 transcribe <laughs> that, but uh, I completely forgot. <laughs> so nah, Mia Culpa, happen, yeah. but basically what they were saying is like you know you guys aren't a real team, and then you know they were making fun of Cora Jade. Raquel Gonzalez essentially said something along the lines of you know you just wait until we f- we face each other, right? So um, yeah, and I love the Cora Jade's character work. She's not the best actress. But there's just something so, like, pure about her. I don't know what it is. Absolutely, she's just so likable. She gets her character. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good character. She's like very spunky. She's yeah, she gets it, and she is good at it. She's not not the best actress, but she does have a a real charisma and charm. Yeah. All right. So. Uh... <laughs> Oh, fudge. All right, so we move from that awesome promo with Mackenzie Mitchell to highlights of the Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller match. Uh, Miller and Chu were shown entering the Performance Center. Apparently, they bought stuff and committed fraud with Tiffany Stratton's credit card. Now, I would have loved Wade Barrett to say something like, you know, Tiffany's card wasn't deactivated because she doesn't know how, right? Daddy didn't deactivate or something like that. I feel like they should have just added that one line because this entire story right now is absolutely trash. Yes, absolutely. And they did say that it was canceled, but after the shopping spree. Exactly. So the whole the whole thing is just so dumb. It just she she should Wendy Chu is a criminal and she should be in jail. That's yeah. there I said it. <laughs> Exactly. A hundred percent. Like, this is ridiculous at this point. What's going on? What's going on, WWE? Did she steal that Slurpee? Did she steal that pillow? <laughs> no. See, that's that's exactly it. No. Her enti- <laughs> like, she's like the modern day Repo woman. <laughs> that's where we're at in this show, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. She is Repo Cassidy, Boris. Oh my God! <laughs> Let me tell you something. I feel, you know what? While we're on the subject, let's just talk about <laughs> let's just let's just talk about Wendy Chu a little bit more because she's a she's an incredibly talented performer. She's taking this stupid gimmick where she's in her pajamas and she's getting the crowd behind her, and she's actually doing a good job with the the terrible material she's been given. But man, I it's very rare that I get this feeling where I feel so like so certain that she's talented. And also so certain that she's completely fucked. 
She's so <laughs> ruined. She in her career like this. The, the world, the world championship will never be on somebody in a pajama onesie, Boris. I don't care what you say. You will owe me twenty dollars on that bet. <laughs> she will not win the world title in pajamas. It's absurd. She's too good for this, man. It sucks. It just sucks to see. Man, you're you're getting very uh uh, uh heated. I love it. <laughs> I'm fired up, fired up over this one. It's just so dumb, man. It's just so dumb. And I've I've made my bones with Saray. At least Saray is winning. At least Saray, though she's portrayed as a child, is winning. Wendy Chu's going out there in her pajamas and losing in three minutes. Are you kidding me? Ah, oh, it's brutal, Boris. It's brutal. I love it. Just wait until we get to the uh, Santos Escobar promo. Then it's my time for a rant. All We're right, be so a pretty salty episode today. I love it. All right, so Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu made their entrances, uh, and like you said, the match was a whole whopping three minutes, and Tiffany Stratton, the newbie, beat Wendy Chu. Every time I say Wendy Chu, I just want to say Wendy Chu who. Yeah, right. Who is no more than two. Same thing. But uh, yeah, man. So uh, Tiffany Stratton is improving. I like her like uh, her handspring corkscrew into a 360 stinger splash. That's a cool move. And her finisher now is a 360 Vader bomb. She does a Vader bomb, but she throws in a little McTwist in there, Boris. So yeah, Tiffany Stratton handily defeats Wendy Chu. Yep. Yep. Like it was Um, nothing. Yeah, so it was it was not a good wrestling match. It was a, it was a fail, but it was it was a good effort again. Like Wendy Chu is trying, Tiffany Stratton is improving in front of our eyes. We're gonna go two terrible haircuts out of five on this one, buddy. Yep. Um, Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett checked in from ringside. They cut the show to Draco Anthony promo where he was confronted by Joe Gacy and Harlan. Gacy and Anthony gave it. Uh, all in his loss. Gacy said Anthony gave it all in his loss. He said to keep his head up and he doesn't have to do this all by himself. Gacy said he's here to listen, not just to do actions, but to words. Gacy wished Anthony a good night, walked off. Harlan stood there and just gave this mean look to Draco Anthony. Yeah, so this was uh, interesting, I guess. It wasn't the best Joe Gacy promo. He's cut some pretty good ones. This was kind of just there. But it will be cool to see him kind of add to his stable. Do you think Draco Anthony will be part of the Joe Gacy army? And you might as well at this point, right? Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Add a couple guys in there. Give him something to do. Yep. Man. You know, yeah. Yeah. Gacy. Interesting character. I wonder if he's going to like be built up. Remember the original Bryant family and the Wyatt family and the way that they kind of just were so awesome at first. I can honestly see that being the path of Joe Gacy, except same Oops. outcome. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know if he's going to get that over, man. We'll see. The Wyatt, the Wyatt thing was actually pretty good and fresh for a little bit there. Uh, obviously, it did not end that way. But yeah, I, I don't know if I would ever say this was good and fresh. But he's he's a talented guy. You know what I'm excited for is a future Pete Dunn versus Joe Gacy wrestling match. I think with 10, 15 minutes on a big show, that could be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm also looking for the inevitable Dunn kicking Harlan's ass for a couple seconds. Yeah, that would be very fun. Definitely breaking that big monster's fingers. Yep. All right. So the hardest working reporter, all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviewed Pete Dunn about his upcoming match against Tony 
D'Angelo AO. Dunn noted that D'Angelo has gone silent on Twitter since losing to Cameron Grimes, but it's hard to tweet with a broken hand. Draco Anthony walked up to Dunn and said it's an honor to face him in a match next. Dunn said, whatever, and said he's still going to snap Anthony's hands tonight. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like, Dunn was like, yeah, cool, man. Like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm still Pete Dunn. I'm still, though I'm a babyface, I'm not Hollywood Hulk Hogan, you know, or the immortal Hulk Hogan. I'm Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I guess. He's still a cool guy, you know? That's, yeah. I like this presentation of Pete Dunn. They're really doing well with his character right now. Yep. All right. So, uh, the next match was Pete Dunn versus Draco Anthony. The match was not long at all, it was just under seven minutes. And this match, you know what? Not the best match. It was average at best, but it just kind of progressed storylines, if anything, right? Like uh, you had Joe Gacy and Harlan kind of up at the at the platform watching this match. Uh, so, you know, a lot going on in this match, I think. What did you think of it? This is where it hit me what exactly NXT 2.0 is. And I mean, like, we know exactly what it is, but it's like... Pete Dunne used to be having the best matches he possibly could with the best wrestlers he possibly could. Yep. And it was basically like an NBA player playing in an NBA game. It was like Steph Curry playing in a game against LeBron James. Now it's like Steph Curry teaching a high school kid how to play basketball or running a basketball camp or, you know what I mean, doing drills on YouTube. That's how you have to watch it and appreciate a Pete Dunne. You know what I mean? You're watching his skill level in there with someone who god bless draco anthony has basically no idea what he's doing and that's not an insult that's because he's done it three times in his life you know what i mean pete dunn is a seasoned veteran and he's basically taking this guy to camp live on television yep. and it's just Some... it's a it's a very different product but you know it is it is enjoyable to watch in a way but it doesn't make for the best wrestling match i've ever seen in my oh life. for sure but at the same time like i'm watching nxt and all I'm saying is, fuck, this is still so much better than NWA. <laughs> I'm not denying that, buddy. I'm not going to. I like this more than the GCW matches I've seen recently, you know? You know, and that's the thing, right? Like, I think it's, like, I know we always get on this, but yeah, really, people really need to just, like, be a little more tranquilo when it comes to NXT 2.0. You know, you know what you're going to get at this point. That's what I mean. Like, y y the whole show isn't terrible, but. I just went on a Wendy Chu rant. You got a rant loaded in the chamber for later on the show. The bad stuff on this show, as we've said, is embarrassing and god-awful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, Draco Anthony comes back with a back suplex after um, Pete Dunne kind of took uh, control of the match. Dunne blocked a dive with a... Uh, uh, with uh, Gammon Girl. Uh, Tony D'Angelo tried to blindside Dunn with a crowbar, but Dunn saw it coming. Dunn punched D'Angelo to the ringside mat. Dunn hit Anthony with a German suplex bitter end for the win at 6 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah, I really quite enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, so I did not catch the official start of this one because I watch it live in Canada, and this started in the picture-in-picture -picture commercial, the uh, the first of two matches that started mid-commercial break. So eat shit, Canada, if you're watching NXT. Um, I thought this was uh, above-average match, if for nothing else, than to just watch Pete Dunne grab a man by his wrist and drag him kicking and screaming to an acceptable performance. This was just uh, Pete Dunne just carrying this man by his shoulders. So I thought this was very good. 
uh, more more so an incredible Pete Dunne performance than an incredible match. But we're going to go three terrible haircuts out of five, slightly above average. Yep. After the match, Tony D'Angelo tried to put Dunn in a sleeper, but Dunn escapes by snapping D'Angelo's fingers. Dunn threw chairs, crowbars, a kendo stick, and a toolbox into the ring. Dunn stood in the center of the ring with a cricket bar, uh, with a cricket bat. Dunn said D'Angelo is going to need more than a crowbar at Vengeance Day. Dunn said they're going to hang weapons up on the cage for a weaponized cage match. Yes. Sir, a weaponized cage match. That's uh, that's I, I think that's the wrong usage of that word, but that's uh, that's all right. It's WWE. This will be kind of fun. These matches are pretty terrible usually, but but like watchable car wrecks. So I'm kind of morbidly curious to see what they do. Yep. All right, so Io Shirai and Zoe Stark were chatting about the NXT Women's Tag Team Division. Stark was still in a knee brace. Stark reminded Shirai that they need to find her a new partner. Stark said they need to find a partner as crazy as Shirai. Shirai said she knows who to ask, and she won't tell Stark. Uh, it was pretty obvious who the selection was going to be after this promo. She wanted someone as crazy as Io was. Hey, you know, EO's growing on me. EO, uh, no, sorry, I shouldn't say EO is growing on me. Zoe is growing on me. She's pretty good. EO, I'm shocked she's still in NXT. I almost hope she just stays in NXT for the rest of her career at this, the rest of her WWE career at this point, because I don't want to see her go up to the main roster and just get absolutely ruined and shit on. You know what I mean? She's too good. At least here in NXT, she's a main eventer. She's she's very important. Everything she does matters. I'm okay with her staying here. It's it's unfair, but the main roster is such a shit show anyway. Yeah. Yep. Your favorite act in the entire show, Wendy Chu, was limping backstage. Uh, Dakota Kai was rummaging through the items that Wendy Chu uh, bought with Stratton's credit card. Kai told Chu that these clothes won't buy you victories in the ring. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Little seed planted for you, Boris, for later. Keep an eye on that one. Yep. Wendy right. Chu, long-term storytelling. Hurrah. Future champion, Wendy Chu, who? <laughs> Chumpian? Nope. Nope. Cut it. Cut <laughs> no. it. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut <laughs> that. Shout out Always Sunny podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me there. All right. So, uh, LA Knight versus Sanga. All right. So, number one, I love how... Sanga just like as a heel because he's a heel and because you know WWE is so stereotypical he yells out namaste so that actually kind of yep. made me laugh in a very weird awkward way um but yeah so LA Knight versus Sanga Sanga being Grayson Waller's bodyguard the diesel to his Shawn Michaels gets the big L yeah, LA Knight pins him relatively cleanly. What happened was Grayson Waller took the top turnbuckle pad off. Sanga ran into it, and then LA Knight hit a flying neck breaker, a la Hurricane Helms, and pinned Sanga in three minutes. So, wow. If uh, if we were sports book wrestling, if we were taking bets on this, this would have bankrupted me. I would have been in deep trouble after this one. Oh, yeah, 100%. This one would have been really bad uh, because after the match, Waller tried to attack Knight. But, you know, this is why I do like L.A. Knight. He's not a stupid face. 
if there's anything that NXT 2.0 does relatively well is booking faces, and they're not too stupid uh, because LA Knight saw the attack from Waller coming, and he hits him with a blunt force trauma. Uh, Vic Joseph wondered if Knight winning means the restraining order is lifted. Barrett reminded Joseph that Waller said maybe when he challenged Knight on behalf of Sanga. Joseph noted that the restraining order is supposed to go both ways and that Waller is supposed to honor not being near Knight as well. Let's put a let, let's let's remi- let's remind ourselves about that bit of info as we go into next week. Yes, yeah. So that's a little, a little, another little seed planted, another little tease there. Yeah, very, very strange match, though. I mean, it was LA Knight versus Sanka for three minutes. Wasn't very good, but uh, I'm, I'm glad they put LA Knight strong. He kind of, he put him over strong. He kind of needed this win, uh, although it, it, it kind of ruined Sanka off the start too. So very, very surprising. Anyway, we're gonna go with two uh, terrible, greasy Dolph Ziggler haircuts out of five fours. Yep. The hardest working reporter on professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Duke Hudson about Dante Chen wanting revenge on him. Hudson said that Chen has been talking all week, but is nowhere to be seen. Hudson said saying something is different than stepping up. Hudson said the uh, Singaporean warrior isn't as tough as he thinks he is. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell wondered if Hudson had something to do with Chen's disappearance. Hudson and Chen. Hudson said Chen is not here for a reason. That's the scoop. Hudson then wished Indy Hartwell good luck next week and for her to bring the tag titles home to Australia. Interesting. So I don't know exactly how Duke Hudson is going to play into the, all this Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada drama the, the that will unfold. I wonder if they don't break Indy and Persia up, but they turn them both heel maybe and do like an Aussie rules kind of stable with Duke possibly even throw Grayson in there. There's all kinds of things they could do, Boris. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm really, I'm really digging yeah. it. the amount. And this is what I texted you yesterday as we're watching the show, you know, the matches that, and, and the segments that aren't good per se, they're at least planting seeds, progressing storylines. So, you know, this show is actually fairly well booked in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. Even there's like, yeah, there's like through lines throughout shows that things that get brought up at the start actually pay off at the end, which is way more than you can say for Raw. But yeah, so these are intriguing possibilities that exist. Although at the end of the day, it's still WWE. I'm sure they'll do none of them. Yeah. <laughs> As we praise the show, we get to this. A table is set up in the middle of the ring. Wade Barrett was the moderator. Santos Escobar was already seated at the table because, God forbid, he even gets a fucking entrance. Um, <laughs> it's like, seriously, this this fucking company. Uh, Barrett introduced Escobar and Braun Breaker. Breaker got the televised entrance. Escobar was in a nice, beautiful white suit. And then you had... The the, the 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 nonchalant breaker, you know, coming in his gym clothes, basically. Um, he wore denim jeans, denim vest. Barrett asked the first question to Breaker with two Ks and asked him why he thinks he'll walk out next week, still champion. Breaker said he's going to keep it simple. He's going to beat Escobar next week, and there's nothing Escobar can do about it. Let's pause there. I fucking love the fact that it's like... <laughs> Just hiding the fact that he's not the best talker, but even then, it's just like just the way his delivery on stuff is just amazing. And I don't know if it's amazing I love good it. or amazing bad. 
Yeah, I mean, it might be amazing bad, but it's Steiner. It's so very Steiner. It is good. It's pro wrestling. You know what I mean? You just want a crazy big dude yelling stuff sometimes, and that's what he is. Yep. All right. Breaker then said he knows how these contract signings usually go, um, and it wasn't a contract signing, you stupid idiot. Um, so they might as well flip the table and brawl now. The brilliant Escobar said Breaker is so naive. He said he's pulling all the strings and keeping things under control. Escobar said Breaker doesn't realize that while people like Paul Heyman are calling Breaker the future of WWE, Escobar is already plotting the end of Breaker's career. Before Breaker could get a word in, Dolph fucking Ziggler shows up to ruin the entire show. I'm here show. to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Come on, fucking bring it on. <laughs> How excited were you, buddy, when Dolph Ziggler's theme song sh- started and this man came out looking like Brett Michaels? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, he did. Um, not, you know. So one thing that I noticed right away was Wade Barrett got the f out of the ring right away. So that was kind of funny, knowing what's going to happen. Right. Number two, yes. I think that as the thing that got to me is this is Santos Escobar's first. Real shot at the NXT title. He just delivered some fucking great lines in a half-decent promo. And then you you get this random person coming in for absolutely no fucking reason. There is zero reason for the rest of this promo. What was the reason for this? What was the reason for this, Matt? We already know that Santos Escobar is going to lose, but now he's just being shat on while we know he's going to lose. Didn't need it. It was as though they didn't trust Santos to be in a main event segment by himself. And they wanted somebody with more juice in there to kind of sell it. It was as though they were telling you Santos Escobar is not a main eventer. Braun's going to squash this guy anyway. Dude, that's exactly what like the feeling that I got was like, let's push Santos aside already. And let's talk about the next program. You know what the craziest thing is? Santos got maybe two or three more lines in at the end of this. I, he throughout it, he got maybe like a line or two in edgewise and then got some, got the final word, but he was the highlight of this promo. Even after Ziggler came out and just ranted and, and rambled on for minutes and minutes, just watching uh, Santos was more, you know, entertaining than anything Ziggler was doing. Just his reactions, him like looking at this guy, like, who are you right now? Like what is happening? Like Santos was the highlight of this segment by a mile yeah it just like it just kills me right like it just absolutely kills me and all my love for santos escobar's side it's just like this is a very weird way to even try to build a new heel star like what's the end game here right i know the end game is to push breaker to the moon but shouldn't you build other people and not crap on them and or rely on main roster people for that like i just don't understand where any of this is going well i think yeah i i don't i don't quite know why they inserted ziggler into this specific promo i think that was kind of terrible and, and a bad idea I do think that Ziggler's working Braun Breaker and he's kind of like, he's literally the gatekeeper. He's going to, he's going to wrestle Braun Breaker and then he's going to give, you know, the seal of approval and it's going to be a big part of Braun Breaker moving up to the main roster right after WrestleMania, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like apparently some Twitter interactions between Ziggler and Breaker throughout the week, but still, right? Like I just, like to me, this is just still, (sighs) 
like my blood is just boiling at this point. I just, I just <laughs> don't get it. It just, you know, the one time that Santos Escobar, Santos Escobar has a has an opportunity to prove that he can be a main eventer, they just like completely just overshadow him with with this. Yeah, very disappointing to the Santos faithful. Uh, you especially <laughs> being yeah the the biggest Santos fan on earth. But a lot of people love Santos. They know that he's one of the best things in NXT. The hardcore fans know that this guy's great. But yeah, Ziggler cuts a weird, very dollfish promo talking about how he loses 99 out of 100 matches, but the fans still know that no one goes like him in that ring. Basically telling you wrestling is fake, but I'm still really good at the the entertainment portion, which is debatable. I don't know if he is. Anyway, this was this was weird and disappointing. Yeah. Ziggler, like, like he he breaks character, he breaks the fourth wall. Like, I don't know exactly what he was saying. He, like you said, he loses the majority of his matches. He t- he thanked Johnny Ace for the bonus checks for working Tuesdays. He, he just is a very weird promo. Uh, thankfully, Tomasa Champa comes out. Santos Escobar rolled his eyes in just in an amazing fashion. Champa said it's something. Uh, and a moment to have Ziggler in the ring. The crowd wanted a fatal four-way. Champa said it's hard pass with Ziggler as NXT champion. Champa called Ziggler kid. Champa said he likes Ziggler's spirit. Escobar interrupts and asks, "What the hell is going on?" Because I was saying, thinking the exact same thing. Escobar told Ziggler that he doesn't go here and is just here for some mean tweets. Escobar said that once he becomes NXT champion, he'll handle Ziggler and Champa. Champa said that if Escobar interrupts again. He won't make it to Vengeance Day. Champa said that he's next in line after Vengeance Day for the title, unless Ziggler wants to contest that. Ziggler said that Champa calls this home, yet the same few hundred Florida people clap like seals to Champa no matter what Champa does. Ziggler asked when um when does it end? Champa gave Ziggler a big boot to send him uh, uh, to the ropes. Champa Ziggler brawled at ringside. Wild and Mendoza blindsided Breaker, put the boots to him. Uh, Breaker fought this off, tossed Wild and Mendoza to the side. Escobar turns around. He saw Breaker standing at him. Breaker looked like he was going to powerbomb Escobar. But Wild and Mendoza came back. They beat down Breaker a little more. Uh, they gave Breaker a double powerbomb through the table. Escobar said it's his time now, and next week he'll be champion. Yeah. Yeah, that, be- that about covers it. It was uh, something. Yeah, it was something, all right. <laughs> I don't know. Ziggler, Ziggler's so weird, like you said, man. Breaking the fourth wall. Doesn't quite know if he's heel or face or funny or mean or what what's going on. There. You know what I Ziggler? Know. I've never quite me? got Dolph Ziggler. He's you know, had incredible matches, but eh, yeah, I don't know. You know who he one hundred percent reminded me of in this uh episode of NXT? Who's that? Um Matthew McConaughey. As the old <laughs> really no like uh-huh. like listen um all right all right all right that's exactly like, I don't know I, Matthew I don't McConaughey it, and Daisy right, confused buddy. where he's like this old older dude trying to still hang out with these young kids and and trying to be <laughs> like that guy who's off to college and acting like he owned shit in high school you know the 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 in his future will consist of talking about past accolades to these kids. That's hilarious. You know what? You won me over. He is a little McConaughey, a little Uncle Rico going on for <laughs> exactly. Dolph Ziggler. Exactly. Like, it just, it just, whatever, whatever. 
this was what it was. All right, let's get out of here. Kaylee Ray cuts a promo um, in her smash room. <laughs> Uh, whoa. Okay, so to clarify, <laughs> Kaylee Ray cuts a promo in a room full of glass and breakables. Yeah, she's got a room. small bat. Yeah, that's what that's what a small room else, is. I, I don't know what else you would do in that room. <laughs> yes, what else what else would you smash? Anyway, uh, Boris. So yeah, so she broke a bunch of glass and she's mean and she's got a baseball bat. <sighs> smash room. <laughs> I think I saw handcuffs on the floor or something. I don't know. <laughs> we are we are flying off the rails. And oh, from that, we go to Sailor Moon, Boris. Well, actually, Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight. Uh, Grayson Waller said that L.A. Knight is the real loser now because he broke his restraining order. Uh, the TMZ interviewed wondered if of uh, Waller challenging Knight to a match. Uh, Waller said no. And that Knight is going to get arrested next week on TV. And then he does his best L.A. Knight impression. Prediction, it's going to be Waller who goes to jail because he broke the restraining order first. That's fun. I don't think that's how restraining orders work, though. <laughs> but yeah, again, but, the, okay, the we've laws, seen, yeah. <laughs> like, in this episode of NXT alone, we've seen fraud. We've seen yep. restraining orders. We've seen, what else? There's kidnappings like four or five times already in the 2.0 era. Yeah, the rule of law does not apply in NXT 2.0. Yep. All right, so uh, Saray was walking backstage. She does her new entrance. Uh, we get Saray versus Dakota Kai. And this match yeah. did start once again in picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah, four minutes and... Uh, I didn't see Saray versus Lash Legend, which apparently was one of the worst matches in WWE in a long time. But this was maybe the worst Saray match I've seen her have. I was a little disappointed. I didn't feel like Dakota had a good night. I feel like Dakota was maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was just being harsh. Maybe I'm just uh, you know I don't know. But I felt like Dakota kind of had an off night here. I don't know. I don't think this was a horrible match. You know, it, it, just, it wasn't horrible. Yeah. Um, we texted through half half of this match to be honest. So. <laughs> that's true too yeah but that again it was four minutes it didn't really didn't really hold my attention but yeah it, the the typical saray uh kind of match and finish she's really good uh y you know what i mean she is a very very talented wrestler i love her finish i think i'm gonna officially call it boris the moon stick until we get uh an official name for that suplex that she uh she uses that was sailor moon's weapon you yes. see the I, moon I... stick I'm well aware of that. All right. <laughs> How would you rate this match? Uh, we're going to go again. Slightly below that Mad Cat Moss line for this one. I thought I thought uh, they didn't gel. Dakota maybe had a bad night. Maybe I'm just a prick. But, yeah, we're going to go two uh, dirty, rotten, greasy, disgusting Dolph Ziggler haircuts out of five. Yep. Let me move my bangs from my eyes yet again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then... A fantastic promo aired, and it was a cinematic promo featuring Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams at the barbershop. Trick joked that Melo was trying to get glamped up to hang out with Ollie J. Everyone at the, sh uh, this, uh, at the show talked about the Melo versus Grimes match. Melo noted that Grimes has been in XT several years and has won nothing. Williams talked about Melo winning the North American title and war games in his short time in NXT. Mello said that people are only talking about Grimes now because Grimes is messing with the A champ. 
I really like this a lot. It was the, it was the barbershop segment. It was, uh, what's LeBron James's show called again? Oh, dang. I just drew a blank, but it was basically that it was, this was, uh, this was a ton of fun. This was the, the Brutus beefcake list barbershop in wrestling. I liked it. Yep. All right. Indy Hartwell was chatting with Dexter Loomis on the phone about having a bubble bath when they, I just, I can't believe I actually took that note. Uh, pros. <laughs> <laughs> Persia Perotto wondered if it was actually to Hudson on the phone because Hudson wished her luck. What a bi- what that's a, you know that's kind of a uh, bitchy move there. Like yeah, she's your friend, definitely. you're doubting her. What's going on, Persia? Or are you? Yeah, jealous? definitely. <laughs> Shots fired from Persia. Definitely a little jealousy. Seeing a little bit of green there, but that's it's kind of why I think they're telegraphing this so hard that they might actually do the double swerve and kind of have them all end up together. Uh, uh, Thropple? They're going to be a Thropple? (laughs) A proper Thropple? Yes. Yes, hanging out in the smash room. (laughs) Let's move on. Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, shows up to Ton Hartwell and Proda. Uh, Dolan brought up a photo of Hudson and Hartwell hanging out together and how they were old friends. This fired up Hartwell and the two teams brawled. Uh, Yeah. We get a close-up of the picture to end this uh, segment. Yeah, so they do have a history, Boris. The plot thickens. Yep. I don't know about you, but I want to know what happened with Grayson Waller and uh, and um, Persia's mom. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another. Maybe Persia's mom will also join the Australian heel stable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She'll Lordy. be like the Sioux. She'll be driving them around. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, we get another Nikiti, Nikita Lions promo. I'm digging her, man. She is manic pixie dream heel. She's everything you want to heal. She's Penny Lane, but she's also Ronda Rousey. She's, you know, she she's like, she's uh, she's got like her sable Mandy Rose-ish qualities, but she's also fucking Sonya Blade. She'll kick your head off like Aleister Black. I'm digging this character legitimately. I'm excited to see if she can go in the ring. Yep. Yep. Uh, Josh. Fuck, I forgot about this. Josh Briggs tried to coach Brooks Jensen on how to ask Caden Carter on a date for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Yeah. Hold on. Got to make a note. Um, All right. So Jensen walked up to Carter to ask to hang out next week. Cat uh, and Zara was there also and said it would be fun if all four of them could hang out. Jensen said that uh, that sounds fun. Carter and Kenzaro left. Jensen asked Briggs to maybe drag Kenzaro away to the movies next week so he can be alone with Carter. Jensen handed Briggs money. Briggs noted that it costs around $20 per person for the movies and he only gave him a sweaty $8. I actually thought Josh Briggs was pretty great in this oh, promo yeah. as like the 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 wingman, the the kind of like in the background guy of this promo. I thought his reactions and his last line at the end, the little blow line, was were actually tremendous. I thought he did a great job in this. Uh, the Brooks Jensen, I'm clumsy around girls. It's it's a dumb gimmick. The person writing this, I guess we the viewer, we were supposed to believe that somehow, I don't know, like. 
it's a bad thing for them to go on a double date on Valentine's Day. But like, like, you know what I mean? Like how many times have you gone on a double date and then like broken off? You know, like that's a pretty good way to start a date. I don't know. I don't know, man. It just feels like these are written by people who don't like leave their home or haven't had a social life since 1974. And it's just very, very strange. So wrestling all- fans, A.O. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, speaking of crimes, remember when Tony D'Angelo threw a producer in a trunk? Has he ever been spotted? Is that guy alive? Does anyone follow the law? What year is this? What is this show? What is happening on NXT 2.0? You're seeing threesomes, you're seeing foursomes, you're seeing sweaty bills, you're seeing a smash room. Man, is NXT horny. What is this, the AEW locker room? But that was, I'm not even going to touch that one with a 10 foot pole. But yeah, this is basically the worst Sopranos show ever meets the worst 90210 ever. This is a very, very strange wrestling show. Yep. All right. We get the entrances for the next Dusty Cup uh, match MSK versus Idris Anofi and Malik Blade in another semifinal match of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. This match was fast paced. I th- yeah. really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, yeah, what'd you think? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, opener was better. You could probably uh, poke and prod me into saying this was around the same level, but the opening match was better uh, for sure. Actually, yeah, no, it was not around the same level. This was a fine match. MSK did a good job with the extremely green Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. So I'm excited to see what they do with a slightly less green, slightly better Creed Brothers in the finals, which will be a longer match, a more important match, should get more time, obviously. And uh, I hope they uh, I hope they succeed in... in Producing a great match because man, this one, this one was pretty good. But it is very clear that Idris and Malik are super new at this. Yeah, actually, Idris and uh, Malik made me laugh during their entrance when they tried to one up and take center stage on each other. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It will be cool to see how this tag team develops, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll break up in four months because it's WWE. But uh, they're they're developing a little bit of chemistry here. Yep. And that's like the worst thing that you can possibly have in WWE is two people with chemistry because you're going to be broken up right away. Yeah, it definitely. It seems like it. Dude, hopefully they're the more company like that broke up the Iconics. Yeah, they broke up uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. There's no reason to do that. But they haven't broken up the Street Profits. They they didn't break up. Uh, they didn't break up everyone, although they do break up almost Otis everybody. And Tucker. Otis and Tucker, they broken up. They haven't broken up the New Day. They Remember when they the broke up um, the Dudley boys for a little while when the first brand <laughs> split happened? I do remember that. Hardcore champion Bubba Ray Dudley main eventing Raw from time to time and the yep. Reverend Devon with Deacon Bautista. Yep. <laughs> Who could forget? I love that. All right, so, yeah, MSK ends up winning this match. Pretty fun match. Matt, how would you rate this match? How many shitty haircuts would you rate this match? We're going to go three grease ball haircuts out of five on this one. It was it was above average for sure, but it was not as good as the opener. Yep. And then we get the cheesy face-to-face between MSK and the Creed Brothers, which wasn't planned whatsoever in the middle of the ring with the dusty trophy in the middle of them. This, uh, the right guys won, though. The, the the right guys made the finals here. This was, just should have been the way the tournament shook out, and I'm glad this is going to be the final next week. You know what gets to me even more about all of this is, okay, I knew that MSK was going to go to the finals. But actually seeing this happen, what was the point of Legado losing to these two? 
We'll get get them a little uh, a little bit of shine. I don't think it hurt ways. Legato that much. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah, just just literally just to piss you off, Boris. That was the point. And now it's my turn to piss every listener off when I say this: the best wrestler out of Cameron, North Carolina, is next up with his promo. Cameron Grimes said that his time in NXT has been a roller coaster. He said no one has taken more body blows, um, had to adapt and grown more in NXT than him. He said through everything, he came out a self-made man. He said he got the mansion, fancy cars, and the money in the bank account. He said he'd be happy to trade away all that money and live in a trailer park if it means he can hang a championship on his mantle. He said he agrees that Melo has gone on the fast track but 2022 is the year of cameron grimes grimes talked about how he has one a one-way ticket to the moon yeah i really like this and a stark contrast to the uh to the whole barbershop thing that uh mellow did but a very very good like two sides of the coin you know what i mean a similar presentation like into his life into his kind of you know, away from NXT, like how he would look. I thought these were both excellent, and I'm more excited for the match now than I was before they aired. Question. We've seen many sides of Cameron Grimes. Which side do you like more? Do you like the serious side, or do you like the goofy side? I like... He's so funny, you know what I mean? I hope that he never loses the ability to go goofy, but I like where he's at right now. I like this, because this guy could easily be a main event pro wrestler. That promo was a was a money promo. If I had to pay money to watch this NXT show, I would do so. Eh, largely because of Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo. That's the match I'm most excited for on the sh- on the card for sure. Yep. All right. So Wendy Chu taunts Dakota Kai backstage, saying it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> I did like that. I did like Wendy Chu getting back at Dakota, and that was a seed planted that grew into a nice flower, Boris. And now we're gonna get Wendy Chu versus Dakota Kai, two awful professional wrestling characters, but two talented uh, athletes. Yep. All right. So Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray is up next. As Mandy Rose was coming out with the rest of Toxic Attraction, Indy and Persia come out, and they brawl with Dolan and Jane. So that's their way of kind of writing off. The rest of Toxic Attraction, or was yeah. it? See, and they worked me a little bit, uh, just a little bit. I, I I didn't think, like, oh, Kaylee Ray's definitely winning the title now. But I was like, huh, you know, if they did want to switch the title here randomly, this would be a good way to do it. And they kind of, uh, not explicitly, but implicitly, that they definitely implied that we were not going to see Toxic Attraction again. So I was a little disappointed when we did. Yep. No, yeah, exactly, right? You, they kind of I, I'm not too disappointed in them in the sense that I didn't like it. I like the fact that I was genuinely surprised that they did come because, you know, we get the cut in from Mackenzie Mitchell saying that Persia, Indy, Gigi and JC have all been escorted out of the building. So, again, they're really cementing the fact that maybe Toxic Attraction it won't interfere in this match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they go eight minutes and Toxic Attraction interferes. <laughs> and that's how this match ends. Exactly. But, uh, One yeah, so, thing. So that, that, I, that got... felt like a cop out to me and it, and it bugged me. Sorry, continue. No, sorry. Um, One thing that got to me about this match, and, and this is like, so there's two things I really don't like in professional wrestling. Number one is when people wait around for the next move. Number two is when you can flat out see the communication between wrestlers. And this match, 
you can just flat out see Kaylee Ray like telling uh, Mandy Rose what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was she was John Cena in this one, yeah. shouting spots out to the back row. It seemed like. Yeah, man, it happens. And it's unfortunate, but you know, it does take me away from enjoying a, a the the art that is pro wrestling, right? Yeah, um, it's like it's like seeing the juggler drop a ball. You know what I mean? It's it, it takes you it takes you out of the act a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so at one point, Mandy Rose reverses a super kick with a roll up for a two count. Ray hit Rose with a kick for a two count. JC Jane uh, got on the apron. Gigi Dolan shoves Kaylee Ray off the top rope. Uh, Rose nails Ray with a uh, running knee finisher. She gets the win in eight minutes. That's how this match ended. Yeah, Mandy Rose wins with Kenny Omega's V trigger. Eat shit, Winnipeg. And uh, <laughs> we're going to go pretty average standard WWE fare here. Two and a half greasy haircuts out of five, Boris. Yep. After the match, uh, Dolan and Jane held Ray, and, uh, held Ray while Rose taunted Ray with Ray's bat. Io Shirai ran out to clean house. Uh, Shirai hit Dolan with a 619. Shirai then hit both Dolan and Jane with a slingshot dropkick. Uh, Rose tried to attack Shirai, but Ray hit Rose with a gory bomb. Shirai and Ray were in the middle of the ring as their themes played, as Ray's theme plays, and that was the show. So Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, possible tag team for the Dusty Cup. Yeah, and I mean that's that's your new favorite to win the Dusty Cup, at least on paper, at least in kayfabe, at least in in a world that makes sense. Two former dominant women's champions, one of NXT UK, one of NXT stateside, you would think would be, you know, minus a thousand favorites to win this tournament. And I I would I would be very interested to see if the final is anything but EO and Kaylee Ray versus Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. All right, so what do you want to do? Do you want to talk some Vengeance Day or do you want to talk some ratings? Uh let's well, first I want to get a refill on my water. Let's quickly do ratings for this show, then let's do Vengeance Day, and then let's close with our favorite UK corner. All right, let's do ratings first. So the February eighth edition of the show on sci fi up against the Olympics, moving channels. It had 400,000 viewers and approximately 97,000, a .07 in the coveted 18 to 49 demo. Yeah, so like you said, they're on sci-fi, uh, kind of the dog days of winter anyway, against the Winter Olympics. Eh, it is what it is. I think it's pretty disappointing that the the big show, Vengeance Day, is going to be on sci-fi, but it will be interesting to see what that rating is. That's a little more telling of where NXT really is. Yeah, exactly. It's um, Yeah, I'm super, super curious to see how that's going to go down because the card doesn't look too bad. You see that segue? Because now we're going to talk about the card, Matt. Well done, buddy. I like where your head's at there. All right, so... Vengeance Day next week, we have Pete Dunne versus Tony D'Angelo in a weaponized cage match. Weaponized steel cage. So in WWE, this gimmick really has never worked too well, I don't think. Jericho and Ambrose had a terrible one of these. I can't think of many others. But they are, they are, uh, I don't know, like morbidly entertaining in a way. It might be a bad match, though. Yeah. Um, a steel cage is enough, right? 
this is kind of like my issue and a lot of people's issues with war games, right? The the cage is enough. Now you're just adding weapons to it. Having said that, when Gargano and Cold did this way back when here in Toronto, that wasn't too bad when they did oh, their... Oh, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they did one. I guess one of the war games had weapons too, right? They don't or do they don't always all have war or weapons the war games matches like all over the the cage, do they? I forget. No, they don't, but people bring shit in. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. We have the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We have MSK versus the Creed Brothers. Seems like it's been set up for the Creed Brothers to win this whole time. MSK won the tournament last year. Makes sense that they would drop it in the Have final. Have they been set up, though? Like the in- Okay, so here, here's, here's, here's the thing. MSK, tons of heat with the Nextras. They're taking yeah. off TV since October. They do all these promos where they're searching for the shaman. They're shamans. Uh, Matt Riddle, they do some promos together. Then they, they then set up the fact that they will enter in the Dusty Cup because they do want to eventually face, um, you know, uh, Imperium for the belt. That's been the story since October. I think it's, it's really more telegraphed point. that MSK is going to win this tournament. But flip side, I feel like... This being NXT 2.0, they've kind of been hinting at the fact that the Creed brothers are going to win. Well, we've also seen the Creed brothers kind of feud with Imperium, and we saw that awesome Diamond Mine. Well, that pretty, they're pretty dang good Diamond Mine versus Imperium six man tag match. So I think they've done a good job here, Boris, of telling us both sides of this uh, story here. And, and both uh, teams are credible challengers for the tag titles. So tip of the cap to you nxt 2.0 this has been a well built well done uh tournament i think at the end of the day i maybe not every match was good you know what i mean but now that we're at the final i will look back on it fondly like the thing is right like we don't give nxt enough credit sometimes with the seeds that they plant the way that the stories go and how just everything kind of makes sense right like we're looking at this match both teams have a credible reason why they could win this this tournament so to me, kind of second guessing myself because I'm I was all Creed brothers, and then I thought about it literally as I read the card. I'm like, wait a minute, they were like, this is the entire purpose of this kind of new MSK that they have, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I and maybe long term, maybe the WrestleMania, the Stand and Deliver weekend, that's going to be a triple threat. Who knows? But I think the Creed brothers are winning this, and it sounds like you're maybe leading MSK now. I am kind of leaning MSK. I'm going to go with MSK. All right, oh, the next go. match, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Indy and Persia for the NXT Women's Tag Titles. Yeah, so it's not going to be very good. I mean, look at those names, but who knows? Indy's, Indy's all right. She's improving. It, it is what it is. I don't see Dana Brooke's name on this. Uh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah, just okay, really here's just... the thing. Can, for female matches, can we just say the Dana Brooke line? Or is she under no, that Mendoza she's, line? She's under. She's under. <laughs> All due respect, I don't. I don't. She's taking a lot of strays here on this. Uh, a lot of stray shots for poor Dana Brooke on this podcast, but she's below. She's below the <laughs> All right, uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes for the NXT yeah. North American Championship. Yeah, dog. Hook this one to my veins. I'm excited for this one, buddy. If I, like I said, if I had to pay money for this show, I would do it just for this match. Yep, I think it's gonna. This match is gonna be great, and I think Carmelo Hayes is gonna win. Sorry, I was drinking water there. I thought I had more time. I agree. 
I'm glad I'm here, buddy. (laughs) Glad you showed up today. All right. And then the main main event, Braun Breaker versus Santos Escobar, a.k.a. Braun Breaker is winning this match. Uh, Yeah. sake. Hopefully it's closer to Goldberg versus DDP than it is Goldberg versus La Parca. But at the end of the day, this man is Goldberg, and he's going to Goldberg this uh, poor Santos Escobar. If this match starts at 9.55 p.m., I'm just going to just turn (laughs) off the TV. If this match starts with Santos absolutely wrecking a chair on Braun's head and then dancing on that chair, five stars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I would die to see that. I would just, just, oh, man. If Santos has La Perca-inspired ring gear, I'm just going to flip. I'm going to flip. That would be that would be something else. If he's losing in 18 seconds, he should just come out in a skeleton costume, a Halloween costume of some kind anyway. I love it. Lose in 18 seconds, spend like 5K on ring gear. <laughs> That's an excellent point, yeah. Hopefully maybe someone, maybe Pritchard can foot the bill on that one for booking him in, the, in this mess with Dolph Ziggler. Please, you think? Please. Oh, man. I, it, should be a good, it should be a good show next week. Uh, women's tag notwithstanding. No, we're, we're being rude today. We're usually so nice. You're being rude. I'm talking about That's smash true. rooms and happy. You're talking about, like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Boris, well, you're absolutely knackered and cream crackered, as they say. So should we go across the pond and talk about this Japanese street fight on NXT UK? Hells yeah. Let's do that. Yep, so that just happened. <laughs> we were going hard there on the theme. Well, you know, the Allied Powers, they were, they were a heck of a tag team. Yep. Of course, this is the rare NXT UK that I can say nothing on this show was as good as the opener of 2.0. This was tough because the main event kind of got fucked over a little bit. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, a, a tough break, t- literally, for NXT UK this week. Oh, yeah, 100%. What's even... Like, yeah, and I got to say, this might be the first week where I have to, you know, tip the cap to NXT stateside. Yeah, honestly, it might be the second time since we started watching UK that 2.0 was better than UK. Yeah. All right. The first match of the night was Oliver Carden and Ashton Smith versus Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff in a number one contenders match for the NXT UK champion, NXT UK tag team championship. Yes, number one contender. They did a little four-team eliminator tournament. This was the final. I didn't love this match. We've seen better matches out of both of these teams, but it was okay. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. It was pretty good. It was solid. It was all right, right? Um, I don't know. This match, it was all right. Uh, Smith and Carter hit a double knees to clothesline. They put Mastiff away with the assisted standing moonsault. Oliver Carton and Ashen Smith defeat Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff. And now they are the number one contenders for Trent Seven and Tyler Bates championship. Yes, sir. So that match will be very exciting. Those are two, well, three hot young superstars and one Trent Seven. 
Man, you're just like... I was going to say two hot young teams, but... Well, I mean, hey, come on. Shred 7's older than we are. But <laughs> I was going to say two hot young teams, but you got to be accurate here on NXT Talk. Yeah, exactly. Um, how old is Trent 7? I need to know. I sort of got it. If it's like uh, 81, he's 40. Okay, yeah, he is older than me. All right, let us move on. So uh, how would you rate this match? I thought it was three... Uh, supernovas out of five, a solid C, solid 60%, no MDAR, crumpet percentage, etc. Yep, A-Kid gave Saxon Huxley some etiquette training in chess, mathematics, and classical music. We had a recap of Dragunov versus Devlin from last week. Yeah, so the A-Kid video, it was a cute attempt, but I, I it wasn't great. It wasn't the best thing they've done. It wasn't offensive or anything, but yeah, it didn't quite land with me. I did like the little recap that they gave us of last week's epic main event. All right, D-Famil attacked Nathan Fraser in the parking lot in response to his claims last week that they weren't a proper family. Then Isla Dawn makes her entrance. I like the familiar. I really enjoy their 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 tactics, as as they would say. Yes, yeah, they're kind of like yeah, kind of a certain mafioso vibe, although not in a Tony D'Angelo way. But they're the crime syndicate family, and I like it. Yep. All right, my girl Isla Dawn versus Myla Grace. Yeah, nothing really to this one. I believe it went three minutes flat, and uh, Isla Dawn won clean with her uh, victorious style spinning sidewalk slam. Yep, exactly. Um, I don't know. It's just this match kind of it was just it was just there. It just felt like a placeholder, really. Agreed. Yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty basic. I would go. Uh, you know, slightly, slightly below that Madcap Moss line. We need to find the. Uh, we need to find the right woman for that line, Boris. That's yep. that's our next goal. But yeah, so I would go two supernovas out of five for this one. Yep. Yeah, anyways, uh, Nina Samuels uh, forces Amal to be a guest on the Nina Samuels show and asks her how she felt about being hopeless. Amal challenged her to settle things in the ring. Nina Samuels, honestly, she is so good at what she does. Like, she just, she's good. She's entertaining. And for, eh, I'm not going to say the worst scripts, because NXT UK tends to have better scripts than NXT stateside, but they're not the best. But Nina Samuels constantly delivers. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it is better scripting, but it feels significantly less scripted. And maybe yes. it's just because maybe maybe it's because the talent has more input, or maybe it is maybe it is less scripted, or maybe just that the writing is better, and so it's not as obvious how fucking much writing goes into it. Like how obviously overwritten some of the dialogue is. You know, you don't get that vibe in the UK. Yep. All right. Main event time. A shortened main event, and that was Miko Satamora versus Blair Davenport in a Japanese street fight for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Yeah, unfortunately, only went nine minutes before Blair Davenport. It looked like she broke her ankle on a uh, on a diving foot stomp from the top rope to the outside, which is obviously a very dangerous spot. Kind of dumb, doesn't need to happen. But uh, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna sit here and, and play that game. But like, yeah, I feel so bad for Blair Davenport. Probably one of the biggest matches of her career, if not the biggest. And she, I think it was a broken ankle because they stretchered her off, and it was definitely an ankle injury. Yeah, hundred percent. It was an ankle injury. Yeah. So she goes for a double stomp onto Satamora, but she breaks her ankle, and then the referee just stopped the match right there, and that was it. So Miko Satamora defeated Blair Davenport via 
referee stoppage. Yeah, and the it was it was heating up to be a really good match. Like the first little bit of this match was actually really really strong. They beat the crap out of each other for eight minutes in and out of the ring. Lots of weapons, lots of really stiff hard shots. This was a very it was starting to be a really good wrestling match. I would say even though it was cut off like uh, third or halfway through, I would still go as high as three, maybe even three and a half supernovas for this one. And it's a shame we couldn't get the full match, but I just, I feel so bad for Blair Davenport. And it was actually like kind of uncomfortable. Like she was like screaming in pain as soon as that happened. And she started like literally rolling around on the ground. I kind of just was like, okay, well, like I'm done with this show. Like we've seen it. We're good. I don't need to watch her scream in agony anymore. This is a real legitimate broken angle. That's a real injury. That's not like an angle. That's an ankle, you know? And you know, to that point, I'm shocked that they kind of did put a focus on this. They really showed us, like, they showed us the injury, and they kind of, like, you heard her screaming in pain, and that wasn't fake. It wasn't yeah. selling. Like, yeah, it was tough to watch, man. It was tough to, uh, tough to watch. Yeah, with that said, how would you rate this match? And so let's go Let's go three supernovas out of five, and it's really a testament to them, the fact that they made it over the line and didn't even have a full wrestling match, you know what I mean? It was really, really good, but you can't. I don't know. It's just it's so tough to rate something like that. No, 100%. I agree with you. Um, yeah, it, you know, I kind of want to see this match when everyone's healthy. So hopefully, you know, Blair Davenport isn't away for too long and we can actually get this match, you know, regular match, no gimmicks. Yes, Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. I'd be excited for that. And so next week, we're getting Nathan Fraser versus Teoman, which doesn't sound like too exciting, you know, to the average viewer, and I understand, but that's the first step in getting us to Nathan Fraser versus Charlie Dempsey, buddy. Oh, Ben Carter versus son of William Regal. I can't wait for that one. That's going to be amazing when it happens. Yeah, I'm really excited for that match. If, if, if Honestly. Any Charlie Dempsey match is just like, just, just, just throw it my way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's the best. He is the, the Zack Sabre Jr. of WWE. So next week, Boris, we're going to be talking some Vengeance Day. And we're going to be talking about uh, Nathan Fraser, hopefully beating the crap out of this Teoman and starting on his road to Charlie Dempsey. Tomorrow on BAM, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. We have to. We're going to be talking some NBA trade deadline action. And, buddy... My Montreal Canadiens fired Dominic Ducharme this afternoon. He might be the worst coach in franchise history. I think we're going to have to maybe do a little talk about that as well. Did you see and also some hired? wrestling. Did they hire someone? No, I didn't see. <laughs> I almost. Anyways, you look this up. We'll chat when oh, we no. finish the show. All right. So on the SNME channel, as you're listening to us tomorrow, you have BAM. On Friday, you have the old fucks talking all things AEW Dynamite and what is going to probably be a big show in terms of announcements. But let's see if these announcements are actually Whoa! worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Sorry, please continue. And that is Matt's reaction to finding out that Martin St. Louis is the new coach of the Montreal Canadiens. All right, then Saturday. St. Louis. Oh, we're just killing this show at this point. We're just absolutely <laughs> killing this show. Uh, Saturday, you get not one but two shows. You get 
the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown, and then you get Darkside Elite talking all things AEW Rampage. Then on Sunday, we're going to be back with Mike, giving you all the week's news, all the week's happenings, and I think we're going to be previewing a ton of shows because, you know, that's just the way that the schedule works. Anyways, we're out. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. Felicitations, Martin